Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. So what you got for us today, Dev? I got a little mashup of quotes. So I'm going to stick these two together. If you're waiting to feel until you're talented enough to make it, you never will. Always remember that you're unique, just like everybody else. Great. Yeah, those go those go really well together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first one, yeah, by itself is if you're waiting to feel talented enough to make it, you never will. Right. It's always always a good point. But then yeah. <laughs> remember that you're unique, just like everyone else. So it shuts you down a little bit. <laughs> you're a, you're special just how you are and everyone else as well. <laughs> that's so a, that's it, a, like the uh the participation award. <laughs> right. Everyone's special together. I do like that first part of it, though. Like, you know, when you feel like you're uh, good enough, or was it like if if you always are waiting to if feel, you're, if yeah, if you're waiting to like get to a level before yeah. you think you're, you'll never get there, or or right. definitely with um, YouTube or Instagram or whatever yeah. you're like, whatever social thing you're now waiting to start, right? Like, yeah, or or yeah, you're waiting. <clears throat> I I see a lot of. Uh, knife makers and things that, or or even makers in general. But I just I see knife makers because I look for them. But people who are um, not at the highest level of the knife making game are still making and selling. Like it's not it's not about mm-hmm. being the absolute best. It's about making a product that someone wants. If your friend wants a knife and you can make a knife that's gonna act like a knife. <laughs> it might not be the prettiest knife you're ever going to make, but if it does the right thing, it holds an edge and it can cut, mm. then you've got a product that they want. Um, so right. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to be the best. And I think that that shows when you hear people who are uh, at the, you know, the top of the knife game, so to say, talk about their earlier works. I'm like, oh man, I wish I could get that knife back or I wish I could get that <laughs> thing back because I would have never sold it. But, you know, or they cringe to see some of those early pieces, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, but the person who buys it appreciates it. They're not yeah. going to see every little thing. Um, it's like, I don't know if we've talked about this before. It's like watching, we probably have, watching someone do do glass blowing, right? Mm-hmm. They could just blow you a, a little orb or right. something, and you would love it. And that's probably the most simple thing they would want to make. And they'd be like, that's a throwaway thing that has nothing. And you would... Just seeing it get made yeah. to the point of starting some type of online presence as you're making stuff mm-hmm. immediately will help people to appreciate what you've made because you've made it and they've watched you make it. Yes. So even people might buy your knife, Dustin, and it's 
not like a master knife knife maker's knife. Right. It's a it, it'll be a good knife, but they'll want yours instead. Right. Over the five hundred dollar whatever. Yeah. Because they, 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 they like watch, the story. Right. They've yeah. watched you make it. It's like any, there will always be people better than whatever crafts person you are. Right. Yeah. But so that's a good thing if you can get them invested in you in another way. Yeah. And then they they're happy to buy uh, what you're putting out. Right. Yeah. They they see the time and effort that have gone into it. They they mm-hmm. feel like they are a part of that, and that's what they're buying. They're buying this buying the story. You know, they're buying that experience of something that's come from a person. Yeah. Um, and that's where that's you know that's the whole kind of maker community. That's where handmade things come into play because of course you could buy a knife that's going to work just as well and last you probably just as long, you know, from a store or online for 15 or 20 bucks. <laughs> it's like I can buy it, mm-hmm. uh, a, um, a Henkel chef's knife, uh, that is from their kind of off brand Henkels for 30 bucks. Right. And that chef's knife is going to do exactly what I needed to do for the next, however long it is until I've sharpened it down to nothing. <laughs> right. but but there's not the story behind it you know it doesn't yeah. have it doesn't have that character to it or the the um specificity of knowing that someone has taken time and worked through iterations of the same project over and over again to make each one better and better right and so you're getting ideally the best thing that they can make at that time mm. <clears throat> and you know that story yeah um Speaking of Hankel, we have a. I got a Hankel block for. We got one for our wedding. Yeah. And they definitely. I forget where we got it, but they definitely upsell, upsold us to get like a certain, you know, from wherever. Uh, is it Germany? Is that Hankel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or try to get. It, well, I don't even know if they were from Germany. You know, so many of them now are made like Taiwan and China, and you right. have like levels of shittiness. Yeah, right. It's exactly. Like, oh, you don't want that shitty. You want this shitty. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, they have the like Henkel's International, which is right. And then you're like, the, you're like, you're yeah. like, why is this Henkel block sixty bucks, right. and why is this one four hundred, and then why is this one a thousand? You know, right? Yeah. So we, I think we got one right in the middle, and of course, yeah, we. I don't even know if we sharpened them yet, and we've had them for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder where that that peak is of, you know, the the amazing company that gets popular, right. and then they hit their 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 peak of quality efficiency price right and then it gets where's that level where the popularity line hits it and then it slowly turns and goes down right and then eventually you have the chinese henkel mm-hmm. you know for <clears throat> 30 bucks i wonder what year right. <laughs> henkel yeah. henkel turned that and hit their hit their their peak right and i mean you know i think some of that comes into into play when you have such high demand that you right. have to find ways to outsource your work so mm. that way you can offer a lower price. Right. Uh, a, and I know that like Craig Lockwood talks about that in the Knife Talk podcast that he outsources different things and he wanted to make this kind of box cutter knife that was cheap, uh, cheaper to make and sell to right. offer a lower price. And so you have to figure out a way to <clears throat> either automate or to outsource so that way you're not putting in hours of time on all the the, the steps that don't necessarily matter so much right. uh, in the handmade part of it. You know, so yeah. you're still getting something that's handmade, but it's in, you know, the processes are different. So you can then, uh, you can, uh, you know, undersell yourself to the people who can afford that. Because <clears throat> as you get better, 
and this is the same thing for art as it is for craft when you get better and you 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 sell more you don't ever want to undersell yourself for the same thing you don't want to sell right. someone cheaper in obviously you know there's uh, you know, family discount, things like that. That's different. <clears throat> yeah. Or, uh, but you don't want to sell one thing to somebody and then undersell yourself significantly to the next person because then that other person is going to be like, well, where's the quality line? So you mm. always want to at least match your price or keep getting better, right? Your experience then should it should denote a higher price. The more you mm. do, the better you get the higher you can charge and you can, you know, you have that skill and you have that, uh, that background to show that there's a reason why people are paying a higher price. But eventually if, if you get up to that point where then your product is expensive, then your market of people who are going to buy it, it becomes lower and lower, less and right. less. You're, you're the amount of money you can make. There's definitely a peak of, of each thing, whatever you're doing. Right. As a knife maker, you're not going to become a multimillionaire unless you go that route of, hey, I've made it up here. I'm doing okay. And then a company comes along, a Chinese company or someone comes along and says, hey, we can make that for you. Yep. You give us, we'll do everything. You can finish it, but you give us 20% or whatever. Right. And then you can keep all the rest and we'll make it. And then you go, yeah, you decide whether you want to. I feel like it's it's when the original maker or person like dies. Yeah, right. It's like a when a big company really yeah. goes downhill. <laughs> when Henkel, you know, when when the when original Johnny Henkel, <laughs> when he went from <clears throat> making the knives and selling his direct knives to hiring a bunch of other people and automating and making a right. lot more. Mm-hmm. And pushing and pushing and pushing, and then his son hated him and he's been <laughs> waiting to sell parts of the company. <laughs> and now you can buy him at Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, right. You give him that, uh, right, like Tuesday morning, hanging on the shelf with all the other, you know, regular knives that are there, and yeah, and the quality is about the same. That's the thing. Unfortunately, there's with uh, production like that and outsourcing to overseas. Uh, you know, or, or just other companies. A lot of times those companies who are making knives or uh, like the, what I just got recently was the, um, the sewing machine, the leather sewing machine, the real cheap one from China. Well, there's, there's, you know, eight different companies that have that exact same looking sewing machine. They're all, um, they're Mm -hmm. most likely all coming from the same factory, right? They're just changing it up just a little bit, a little different color, maybe, you know, shape of this piece of metal is a little different or whatever. They're just branding it to that specific company. And they're all selling the same thing. Like people talk about, you know, CNC machines and laser printers and coffee mugs and whatever, you know, shirts and, and, you know, anything that you buy is basically, there, there's a level where it gets to the point where if you're going to outsource it, there's going to be one company that does it really well, does it well enough. And so everyone's going to go to that same company and you're going to get the same, uh, the same like cheap shit from, <laughs> from one place, <clears throat> like uh, real cheap, uh, chainsaws and stuff. I know Wrangler star, he did a couple of reviews on like the cheapest chainsaws on, uh, on Amazon and, and you know, he gave them pretty good ratings. They all do a, an okay job. But what he did notice is that a lot of the bodies looked like they were made by the same company, you know, the main core of it, kind of, uh, that, that, uh, what's called not aluminum, but, um, that like cast cheap steel or whatever metal, metal, um, parts and things. And, And, but the thing with a lot of that stuff is their quality, 
the issues you're going to have, let's say a normal company will only say, okay, we need 2% issues on the stuff we send out. Right. If two machines out of 100 have an issue, that's okay with us. Yep. Chinese company will go, okay, if 30 out of 100 have issues, that's okay with us. Mm. So you mm. can still get something that has quality. Right. There's just more of a chance of something small going wrong. doesn't mean it will. It's just when you throw those those dice with that that stuff, right? There's yeah. a better chance. So yeah. over time, you'll hear people like, "Ah, oh, that's a piece of whatever. That's not right. good." But but it's there's always one person like mine's been great, right? Exactly. I've had, I've had mine, mine for, for ten years. years. Amazing. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What's yeah. And then there's a, I, I bought one and this fell right off. Like it, I'm sure it did. Like it makes sense. But right. mine somehow <laughs> somehow is held together, right? Because you got to imagine all those every all every piece of that thing has like you said there's a the level of quality mm. so down to the screws that they use and the plastic molds and right. everything there's a level of quality so if you say okay all of this one piece has to be there you know there's a 30 percent fail rate on it and we're okay right. with that well right. now okay that one piece is inside of a machine that has a 30 percent fail rate with a bunch of other pieces that all might have that same fail rate right. so right. you know one person might say my my blah 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 fell off well that's because the casting of that uh, plastic screw handle, that one was like kind of cracked and they didn't, there was no quality control. So you got the one right. cracked, but all the rest of them from the day, the other thousand that were made that day were all perfect. Yeah. <clears throat> and so. and it, it's, it's how much you're going to use this stuff, right? Yeah. Like you, yep. the people who really know the stuff are the professionals using it day in and day out. Right. And they use something a hundred times a day, but the person who uses a hundred times over, hundred times over their lifetime it doesn't really matter to them it's like the um i have like a a, a black and decker a cordless drill right yeah and it's you know it's cheap i think it was like 40 bucks come with a battery a big uh a, a nice size battery and i've anything i need it for around the house and working with our dad yeah. building a shed and like two porches it's always been fine Right. Yeah. I'm sure if I use it every day, I'd find faults and maybe it doesn't have enough, but it's, it made two porches in a shed. Like, right. I, you know, I don't know what else I can, I need to ask it to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah. having said that, I, I wouldn't yeah. mind a whole set of a big bag of DeWalt tools. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> there we go. Devin needs DeWalt tools. <laughs> I would like Makita tools. <laughs> I'll take that. that Milwaukee. Or Milwaukee. <clears throat> Black okay. and Decker, right? Isn't that a, that's a, like a Baltimore company? It, is, it right. was originally. It was, yeah, yeah, but then it's now. And I think they own a lot lot more people now. It, yeah. I think Stanley is. It, there's Stanley ah. and Black and Decker put together now. It's. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but anyway, yeah, and then, but you know, like you said, that's that's the uh, the quality that you're you're willing to pay for to use it for that right. amount. But right. then, you know, something that you love, you know, you're willing to pay more for quality. Something you know right. you're going to lose use a lot of, you know, right. like like their computer editing software or music stuff or mm -hmm. like a TV for movies and you know like microphones, <clears throat> cameras, right? Yeah, stuff we use all the time. Right, you want to um, pay for quality because we're going to use it all the time and we know the difference between quality and what's not. Right. Um, I, I wanted yeah. to jump ahead and actually I want to do my recommendation now. It's, it's not. Um, oh, here we go. It's not. It's, the a, it, it's not a. Uh, because it goes in with the, um, actually it goes in with the quote that everyone's unique or the quote yep. that if you're not feeling talented enough, um, I, I'm editing the bow video right now. It should be done. 
when this comes out on Friday. Yeah, yeah. It should be out Sunday. Okay. I'm on the final stretch, but I've had a couple areas where I wanted some new music. Mm-hmm. Um, because people that don't know, we um, on the Art of Craftsmanship channel, myself and Matt Brown, we had a podcast with him. Um, we do the music, and but he's moved away now. So I was trying to play some music, and my recommendation is getting the uh, Tascam DR05X hand recorder, little uh, little PCM recorder. Mm-hmm. It is so nice. Like, really, it, nice. T- it takes a little micro SD card. It's got a little. It's got two mics on the top. It's all all digital, obviously. But within like three seconds, you can have it on and sitting in front of you and recording, and it's the quality is so good. Hmm. So I've recorded multiple things for the channel just right off of that. So within 20 minutes, I can sit down, record it, put it into the computer, and then have it on on something. Like I needed a piece of music. Nice. Grab the 12 string and and, and play a little something. Is that uh? Is it um wireless? The, yep, like, yep. It's all all nice in one. Battery, you know, little one. handheld things got a little screen on it. That's so crazy. Um, there's a lot of these little handheld linear recorder things, and yeah, some of them have like XLR plugs and stuff. So you could, I mean, some of them I've seen them with like four to eight XLR. So you could set up Ooh. a bunch external of people, yeah, mics right. all over. You could record a whole band with them, but this just has the the mics built right in, and it's it's really nice. So I was doing that, but then I I I didn't like what I did. Just on my own, I didn't like (laughs) what I played. So then I asked Matt Brown, I said, can you do a a couple songs uh, for me? Nice. And uh, yeah, he he did it. And so we got two new songs. I think I might put them both in, (laughs) but I might save (laughs) one for another one. But awesome, awesome stuff. But it's just, you got to love it. He's in in Vegas now. I sent him a text. And then a couple hours, I have it in a recorded thing from him in my computer <laughs> and it's so already awesome. laid it's already laid down on the on the on the video yeah um yeah That's so great. there's always there's always someone better <laughs> and, and if you're lucky enough you can contact them and get you to help you out quickly did you use any of the stuff that you recorded yes i have okay. on, on this i've had a couple other things where i just did um Kind of sparse chords and things, right, a couple, yeah. a couple little notes, and I also did something I recorded is already on the pirate saber video. Oh, nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the little um, drunken sailor, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> right, nice. I did that and I played that and recorded on that, so that is already out there. Um, and yeah, you can't tell whether it's yeah, and um, <clears throat> right, it's just it's guitar, like acoustic guitar music, and it's, mm-hmm. it's great, it's perfect. Um. <laughs> so that that's my recommendation that little recorder. little recorder nice and then um the program we transfer it's oh, yeah. really nice mm-hmm. that's the free uh i know there's a bunch of stuff and google cloud and, and, and a right. bunch of stuff you can do but if you don't have any of that dropbox drive and, and you and yeah, yeah and, and you want to send something to another person where they don't have to log in they don't have to download anything you know to log in an app or anything yeah right just uh, we transfer, yeah, and send that, and it will send to whatever email you want, and they can download it off the site for free. Yeah, that's sweet. It's uh, really nice. So those are my early recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you. Uh, <clears throat> well, just talking about Matt Brown, 
uh, he, he recently posted on Instagram about his, um, I guess three year wedding anniversary. And there's just a picture of his wife, uh, walking away from him, but she has his, has the, uh, the hatchet that I made for him. Uh, oh, nice. and it's like, it's like resting on her shoulder and she's walking her away. And, uh, he, I think it said something like, uh, you know, something about, uh, um, like we've, we've been together for three years and, uh, I would be happy for you to ax murder me or something like that. Or it's like, <laughs> I'd be happy, you know, like you're with, like, I, I love you that much or something. It was really funny. I was like, Oh, nice. And the picture of my ax. And I was like, sweet. I was like, well, if you're going to get ax murdered by an ax, that's the right one to get an ax murdered by. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be quick and sharp. Exactly. Yeah. That, that puppy was sharp. <laughs> um, axe yeah. Murder. You could, ax murder uh, I guess time. before we get into the main topic today, yeah. What are you drinking, Dustin? Ah, all right. What am I drinking? I have two of the same beer today. Ah. Um, and it is uh, Dogfish Head 61. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, uh, it's an IPA uh, brewed with grape nuts, grape must. Um, <laughs> it's a, a marriage of fruity complexity and pungent hoppiness. This is our mm-hmm. continually hopped IPA brewed with Syrah grape must. I think mm-hmm. that uh, must is the um, the leftovers from when you make wine. So you you basically like squeeze all of the all of the juice out of the grapes, and then what's left, all the skins and all the you know branches and everything, all that stuff is the must. Mm. So it's made with grape must. It's really good. It's good. It's not yeah. it's not super fruity. I think maybe just because grapes aren't very. Uh, uh, they're not. They're not uh, <clears throat> like tangy, or uh, what mm. am I trying to say? Uh, you know, it's like like with a um, oh, with a like a an, a lemon or an orange or something. You get like a citrusy Citrus. thing, yeah. So you get that tang, but, and that but, that that jumps out away from a mm. normal sweetness. But grapes can get that too. They're pretty sharp. Yeah, some of I guess the one, some can. of the ones yeah, you right. some of the ones you use for wine, they're not they're not very sweet at all. Right, and I think that's maybe why it doesn't it doesn't taste very fruity is because it has a similar type of bitterness, I guess. Mm, you know that mm. that grapes have like wine has that kind of bitterness, the same thing that IPA has, but it does have a sweetness to it that's sweeter. You know, a little bit adds some sweetness, so it's good. So that's what I'm drinking. Dogfish Head sixty one. Sixty one. They couldn't come up with a name. Huh? <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> um, I uh, stole one of the wife's uh, Windridge cider. It's just a cranberry. Cranberry hard cider, like they have a bunch of good flavors, and uh, we just started getting these. They're pretty good. They it tastes like real fruit, so that's always good. Nice, yeah. Um, you know, some are weird yeah, and like a fake. little, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got that, and then I got a um, uh, Trogues Perpetual. Nice. Perpetual I got a really IPA. great, yeah. I got a really great twelve pack. I think it was like uh, some type of holiday pack, mm-hmm. but it had um, that. It had. Um, Mad Elf. It had their oh, their yeah. like chocolate coffee stout. Um, what else? Uh, another one. It was a really yeah. good pack. It was a little expensive because those Mad Elves were in it. Right. Yeah. Because uh, like a six pack of Mad Elf is like fifteen dollars because it's eleven <laughs> percent. Yeah. So you had got three of those in there or two. I, I don't know, but good stuff. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I um. I the the dogfish heads I'm drinking are this the reason I'm drinking two of the same is because they're two of the last three that we had in the box the mix pack from last week, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> which nice. were which was a, a 60 minute IPA 90 minute IPA, uh, there was um, oh, one that had right, yeah. the other one that has it had like a 
like juniper and orange peel. That one was really good. I actually really like mm. that one. And, and again, all of these, they're all IPA. So they have the hoppiness to like the bitter hoppiness to balance out the sweetness, which I like. Um, and then this one, the 61. So finishing it up. <clears throat> there we go. We're set. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so we um, wanted to talk today a little bit about uh, a theme that I was interested in. Uh, and I reached out to the community on Instagram and on Facebook and just kind of posed this question that um, if you woke up tomorrow morning and you were blind, what would you make? Mm. And <clears throat> I should have, I should have like had a little sub question or a sub kind of designation that said, okay, after you get over the craziness, after you get over the, like the depression and all the stuff that would follow along with that, of course, <laughs> as makers, you know, after you get past that stuff and do you keep making, you know, do you have that maker? Is your maker switch still on? And if it is, what do you make? So if you are blind, you know, we depend it's, on our eyes it's <clears> on, <throat> but you can't see it. Right. Um, <laughs> and I think that, I, God, I've, I've heard of people, um, working in, or you'd, you'd hear about artists or craftsmen working in right. a shop or a studio with all the lights off. Mm. And people come in, or maybe maybe I heard that, or maybe that's from the uh, Ray Charles movie. Yeah, <laughs> he's cooking <laughs> fried chicken. Yeah, that's right. Okay, all right. So here, it here. It's, it's from a movie. <laughs> <Of course laughs> he's cooking fried chicken. Yeah, and his like his girlfriend comes in. The yeah, time. you can't like, tell you about on, right? cooking in the dark. <laughs> he's like, what the hell nah, good is the, the lights going to do me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like frying, and he's frying chicken too, which is on top of that. It's like hot oil. <laughs> I don't need the lights on to hit your face. Get out of <laughs> yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I agree. That's, you know, there's, there is a, obviously a huge part of making that is about our eyes, right? <laughs> We're looking at something and making sure it looks right. Uh, it's like, uh, Jimmy Duress is saying, if it, if it looks straight, it is straight. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Right. You can't make sure something looks straight if you can't see. Uh, and we obviously, we kind of broaden, we'll broaden that topic a little bit more to uh, if um, making things with limited means. So obviously, you know, your vision or your senses is going to be a limited means, but also that's lack of money, uh, lack of tools, um, you know, just that like, or lack of skill. Like how do you, how do you make stuff when you don't have everything that you want or that you think you need to be a maker? <clears throat> Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think right off the bat, my initial feelings were you'd have to give up a lot of it, a lot of like mm-hmm. if say you went blind, Dustin, you'd have to a lot of that stuff in your shop. You just can't. Use, I mean, you can, but yeah. I don't think you can safely use some of that stuff, right? Without eyes, because you know, you're, when, any any cut, anything like that, you're constantly mm-hmm. checking. It's all eyes. Look here, look there. Look where I'm holding. Look down here. Make sure my thumb's here. Make sure that's clear. Look here. Do it one more time and then cut. Yeah. Like there's a lot of that that happens quickly. That's all in like two seconds. Right. But that's the stuff you need. I mean, yeah. You can, you can do it if you want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, again, I mean, obviously that would need, you'd need tons of training and you'd probably also need someone else helping you at all mm. times, you know, and which, which, that that's another thing. If you were going to decide to do something like that, you might need to have someone helping you because you could absolutely make all sorts of stuff and you, and, and it wouldn't take away from the creativity, the mindset of creativity. Um, you know, there are throughout history, there are 
thousands and thousands and, and the majority of all the the most famous artists throughout history had apprentices that were doing most of the work for them. Mm, you know, like yeah. Leonardo da Vinci was painting the faces on his main people, <laughs> you know, or like the, mm-hmm. the main, just the main characters in the actual paintings and his composition, he was doing them. He would have you know, apprentices painting the backgrounds and painting the clothes and, you know, you have, they had to learn some way. So they learned from a master. <clears throat> Right. Um, and then, you know, even up to the point where now there are artists who have, uh, you know, studio workers who work in with him, who mix their paints or clean up or do their brushes or mm-hmm. paint a whole background of, of, you know, they might have to get 30 canvases and paint stripes on every canvas because that's the background that the artist wants on all the pieces, you know. So there's definitely ways that you could have a, like a studio helper help you. But <clears throat> yeah, um, but, yeah. You know. But then, you know, that's, that's, that's a different aspect of this question, right? This is what would you make if you couldn't see, would you be still driven to make, to be make, making something? Right. And and if you can't see the end product, right. I don't know. Maybe you'd make more tactile things, more things you can feel and, and, um, maybe get into some type of cloth work or I guess Mm -hmm. you could still do sheaths and stuff or, or knitting. I maybe, um. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what uh, you could be, you'd be a great finisher. You could sand. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You yeah. could feel the, <laughs> feel the different grits, and then yeah. All right, Dustin, here you go. Here's your sandpaper. <laughs> oh, Get you all set up. Have fun. <laughs> you'd be a sander. <laughs> um, really good. <laughs> yeah. That. So the re- the main reason why I I thought about this question is because um, I came across the uh, story of an artist <clears throat> named Michael Naranjo. And uh, he is um, a Native American who was in Vietnam and he lost his sight um, from a grenade in Viet- Vietnam and also, I think, lost the use of the main, you know, mostly use of one of his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when he came back from Vietnam and, you know, healed back up, obviously, and all, he um, went to uh, school to learn how to live life as a blind person. And they were, you know, teaching them whatever, you know, how to read Braille, how to use sign language, how to, how to navigate the world now without the use of your eyes. And one of the, one of the classes was like a, an art class or a craft class. And they were, they were all supposed to be making leather wallets. Um, and again, that's something you could do, right? You know, you can, if you have something that's tactile, you can feel it, you can do that. You can, you have the memory of those, those, uh, movements, you know, and you can, if you know how to feel distances, you want to make sure everything is clean edges and all the, you know, straight lines, things like that. But, um, he, like, he didn't want to make a leather wallet. It wasn't anything that had any interest to him. And he has a a background in, uh, his like grandparents and his parents, they were all artists. So, uh, he, after discussing for a while and, and some convincing, they let him do a wood carving. So he started with actually carving wood Mm. and so using like carving tools on wood. So obviously, you know, he knows where his hands are. He can cut. So he was able to do it safely and he sculpted a fish jumping out of water. And Mm. he said in his mind, it didn't matter what it looked like. It was what it felt like, you know? Mm. So to him, it felt like a fish jumping out of water. And of course he understands what a fish looks like. And you're, you're using your memory as sight at that point. Right. But uh, but he he went on to become a really famous artist. He's been all around the world. He's in tons of collections. Um, he does mostly uh, uh, what's called uh, <clears throat> wax 
wax last, I think it is models where basically you're, you're shaping, um, you're, you're creating sculptures out of wax, you know, cutting and shaping uh, wax yeah. and then, and then you're making bronze. Uh, so you're making a, a cast out of it and then pouring bronze in. So you're making bronze uh, sculptures. Right. So I just that's thought that a, was like, okay. that's a good one. I mean, yeah, that's a safe way to do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Cause then you're working with something that is, uh, safe and malleable. It's soft enough that you can shape it. It's it's like clay. It's the, the same idea right. where you could make something right. out of clay and then right. pull a cast from that clay, mm-hmm. um, and then you know make make a pour a you know concrete sculpture or a, or or a, um, a bronze sculpture from it. Um, yeah, right. I think that was um, what I got to meet one of the guys, um, the guy who sculpted the monuments at Cannon Yards. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he was in, he came for a game and then came after and hung out and we all went to, um, whatever the bar and, and, and we got to talk to him. Right. That was really cool. And I saw off his phone, the pictures of, um, like clay sculpture. Uh, yeah, his small clay sculptures, yeah, that's awesome. you know, they, they don't necessarily do it full size. Right. He just does it to a, a high detail amount and then, and does them, uh, a little bit bigger than life size. I forget what the final ones are. Um, mm-hmm. Like most, like a lot of ballparks. Um, yeah, they're like one at, of the half scale or something. Or. Yeah, at Camden Yards, we they did um, all the Orioles Hall of Famers, right? And put them in a little uh, little statue garden. Yeah, that's awesome. But that was cool to talk to him and see the pictures of him doing that. Right, and I I I didn't really understand how it worked, so it was cool right. to see. And then. Like you said, make a casting off of something smaller, then they can figure out how to make it bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's like a whole different art form is taking someone's sculpture and, you know, expanding it mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. yeah, you can, you can make the model <clears throat> at a certain size and then make it to scale. So right. say, you know, it's to scale, but it's a, it's a quarter size. So you might have a, a model that's say a foot and a half. Mm-hmm. instead of six feet tall like a person right and then everything's to scale so then they can take calipers and they can and they can expand it so if the wrist on the in the foot and a half model is uh, you know three quarters of an inch wide then they just multiply that by three right or by four or whatever it is and then they have to they then they rebuild it now that's that's like i said that's a whole other art form because you're looking at yeah. someone's thing and then you're making it larger because it's not like they can just you don't put it in a computer and they expand it like someone has to yeah. build it in the new size well, Maybe I I don't know nowadays with like uh, well yeah that's three D print, printing yeah. and and you can get digital scans of right. the thing itself and figure mm-hmm. out I, I I don't really know how how they did it but yeah I yeah know, that, that was cool. yeah but yeah that is really awesome yeah that's and that also reminds me of another story so when I was uh, <clears throat> right after grad school I moved back down to Virginia from New Hampshire where I was in grad school and uh, I was working. Um, just, you know, we're kind of working, trying to find jobs. And I uh, approached a gallery in the town in Winchester, Virginia, where I was nearby um, and uh, became, you know, like became friends with the gallery owner and started having some shows there and then was introduced to another woman, uh, Gail Harlow, who owned another art center called Opus Oaks. Um, And I I ended up meeting her and then teaching a couple classes there. But uh, she told me this great story. My my wife and daughter and I at the you know, at the time went over to their and visit with their uh, with her and her husband at their house and um, and got to see some of the artwork that she's collected over the years. And they had this really cool sculpture um, in their dining room. It was uh, it was like a half scale model 
of a, a bronze sculpture of a dog. Um, but it looked pretty odd. It didn't really look like a normal you know, dog. It wasn't super detailed. It was very kind of organic shaped and on. And so I asked her about it and she told me about, uh, when she, she was, she is taught, uh, clay sculpture classes and her husband, Malcolm's actually, um, a stone sculptor. <clears throat> he sculpted several busts for, for, uh, the presidents that go in the like white house. He's done yeah. monuments all over the country. He's done, I think the gargoyles for some of the, the um, cathedrals down in DC and stuff. But, uh, but she's, she's, she was teaching a clay sculpture class and there was a, um, one of her students was a blind man and he was, he had a seeing eye dog that was a German shepherd. Um, and he wanted to do a clay sculpture of his dog. So what he did was, you know, he was familiar obviously with the dog, but the dog was there with him and he would be modeling the clay and he'd reach over and he'd grab the dog and he'd feel, you know, feel where the, there were the bones and the structure and the body are the shape that he could feel. But if you know, a German shepherd, German shepherds have long hair and they're fluffy, mm. right? Not yeah. super fluffy, but the hair adds bulk to their body. If you can see, right. if you can't see, obviously he knew there was hair there, but the only way to really sculpt, the shape of the body is to kind of squeeze the hair down and feel the body underneath. So the sculpture looked more like, uh, like a greyhound almost, you know, it was mm. long and sleek. Obviously it had the kind of the typical sloped back and the shorter legs in the back, like, like German shepherds do, but, but you know, it's, it didn't have all those characteristics. If you think about a German shepherd, like you it had the ears, but it didn't really have the scruff, the big scruff around the neck, you know, like kind of the full body that you think of when you think of a German shepherd. And it was like just a fascinating story. And ever since then, I've just been intrigued by, uh, artists and makers who are, are missing one of their senses. Um, right. So it's, the, it's super cool. Yeah. The thing I guess there's a difference between a uh, piece of art and something that you need to use mm -hmm. practically, mm -hmm. right? Like um, maybe someone who had lost certain senses, maybe they couldn't make a, a certain thing well anymore. They're not going to do wood turning. Right. Maybe. I mean, you can feel it, but no, I don't think you, I don't think yeah. you could do wood yeah, turning, actually. Wood turning. You have to see because <laughs> you can't touch it while it's spinning. You'd have to constantly be stopping it, checking. Yeah. I, but I'm sure there's someone out there. Right, of course. You could do it, but like yeah. you said, it's not it's not something you would just jump right back yeah, into. Yeah, but something like uh, art, which the, the your your perspective on it and everything, yeah. it, it can be, and people love a good story behind something like that right. as well. Yeah. To find another meaning. There's plenty of people out there who can do a perfect sculpture of whatever you want. Mm. So it, that's not necessarily what people are looking for. I don't right. think in sculpture, unless it's some type of classical era or that's, right. you know, that's what you want. You want a, a perfect bust of someone. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But you <clears throat> might not want an artistic interpretation, but that's, and that's the key word right there is that it's the interpretation. Um, right. Like you said, there's when, when you have craft there, there are elements of that piece that have to work in a certain way mm. to be that thing. So if you're turning a, a bowl in clay, it has to be able to hold liquid inside of it, or it has to be able to hold something inside of it. You know, like right. it's, yeah. it has a shape. If you're making a knife, it needs to be able to cut and, and hold an edge. If you're making a guitar, it needs to be able to play a tune and all the, to be able to play that tune. It has to be the right length and all the frets yeah. have to be at the right space. Right. Right. You know, there are, there are things that it has to do. If you're creating a piece of artwork, it doesn't have to do anything except for what you want it to do. 
<laughs> right, it just right. has to be visual. And right. And not even that. Sometimes artwork's not even visual. Sometimes it's completely conceptual. So it's right. like the limitations right. on artwork, are, there are no limitations. You can do whatever you want. It's, right. it's, the, it's the creativity, the manifestation of creativity that is the difference between, uh, you know, the manifest manifestation of creativity for creativity and art's sake. That's the difference between art and craft. You know, right. craft is that you are, you are manifesting your creativity to make something that's usable. That has a purpose. And it's right. like, and then as opposed to making something that its only purpose is to be there visually and someone to look at and, and appreciate it. And, and that's the artist's interpretation of what it needs to do. Right. If there's a, <laughs> a blind, deaf and dumb, one-armed like painter, that's an interesting right. story. If he makes you a bow and it doesn't work, you're like, <laughs> man, who made this? Oh man, this, this is terrible. <laughs> This is the worst bow I've ever shot. <laughs> Damn it! Who gave the uh, who gave the blind guy the draw knife? Jeez. I don't care about his story. I just want this thing to work. It's exploded in my face four years in a row. I keep buying the same thing. I realize like, it's supposed well, to be a sculpture. Yeah. How do you think I went blind in the first place, man? <laughs> Exploded bow. I'm not very good at it, really, <laughs> but I keep on doing it. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I wondered about that too, and I think obviously my my first like my initial reaction would be to just switch back over to art and that's not really switching back over because i'm an artist it's what i do you know everything i make is i consider artwork and obviously the craft part of it is making something that is usable and has a purpose Mm. but i'm just as happy creating art or making paintings and i you know i think it would be fun to even make this as a challenge like what could i make if i were blindfolded if i were given some stuff (laughs) <laughs> I, thought, I thought that would actually make kind of an interesting video. We'd so. have to keep you away from the saws and the. <laughs> oh, wait, here, let me go cut something real quick. You're like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> we need Stop. to keep making this channel. <laughs> I'll give you some clay. We'll see. <clears throat> but uh, I'll let you. I'll let you turn a bowl on the channel. It'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was thinking that'd be fun. Like, give me a block of clay and uh, you know, g- give me a prompt. Like yeah. make this thing. Uh, right. right. So right. that way it's not, I'm just not making something random. Right. Cause I could, I could think I could feel all sorts of really interesting shapes out of a block of clay and make them look, feel feel and look really awesome, but it wouldn't necessarily be a goal, you know? So it's like, okay, take this clay and make this thing and see if you can mm. make it look like this thing just by your memory and by your feeling. So, uh, anyway, guys, yeah. I'm going to see if people look forward to that video in the future. So, what did, uh, so I guess people cool. mainly said in response to that. Actually, first before I, who, did you did you make that little picture on Instagram? I did. Mm-hmm. You did. That was really nice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> yeah, I um, <clears throat> I went online. I found a um, just a picture of an eye. I did a Google search of an eyeball. I wanted to you know have the eye. I thought that was fun. I didn't. I I considered it at first putting like a blind person or something. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, like <laughs> subjugate a blind person. I'm <laughs> like, here, this is like a picture of this blind dude. But yeah, so I, uh, and then I used, um, an app that I have called Snapseed, which is what I use uh, to, okay. uh, to do the, um, uh, all of the, the art of craftsmanship, uh, podcast, um, Instagram pictures. So I can, you know, I can do multiple. Uh, right. Right. All. So I, so I went through a bunch of their different kind of uh, okay. so layouts and of stuff. A, so mm-hmm. yeah. So it wasn't like, uh, it's not all my pure totally from like, scrap, but yeah, it is exactly. good. Yeah. It's but nice. I, yeah, I thought it looked nice. I liked the way, I liked the way it was set up and, um, but yeah, so I, I did get some feedback on that, but most of it, like I didn't, I was hoping that I would get some, uh, 
some real things like what people would actually want to make. Um, but I got some feedback. It was kind of fun. Like, uh, this, this one guy, um, Xander MF Cruz <laughs> said, um, he says, Oh man, I meditate on this every time I get in that zone when building something I've yet to find an answer. I can only hope I'd have the will to try, but for now I focus on the blessing of these hands and these two peepers. So I thought that was really good. Like, <laughs> absolutely. You, know, you don't know when you're going to lose your sight and it's like, make, make the best of what you can as long as possible. Right. And, uh, I think the what the other, some, what's the answer? Uh, Oh, Brian house said like music, right? Yeah. Big music. But yeah. that's, that's almost, it's not, it would be never be an advantage to be blind. I don't think, but <laughs> your focus on sound. Yep. So making music, it, it can, it can, I think that's one of, the, one, yeah. one of the senses you could lose that the thing you're working on might get improved by because you can only listen right. and pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and then also I have uh Jay bird four twenty one also said music. Um, yeah, I thought that was, that was a great idea. And I, I didn't really think about it. Obviously when I asked the question, I was in my mind, I'm thinking people are going to tell me what they're going to make. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to work on, you know, making chairs out of wood or something, you know, like something that you can do that you're kind of, you're, you're sculpting and removing wood and you can feel it without using machinery. Right. So that's the other thing is like without using something that's potentially dangerous. If you, if you make a, a small mistake, um, yeah, but then I had a couple of people. I had a uh, hall 497 said I would make my wife go crazy. <laughs> that was good. That's funny. I like that. That's funny. It's true. <laughs> yes. And, uh, she'd have to be nice about it though. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing. I, I didn't preempt the question with like, after you got through all the shock of being blind, <laughs> you know, blind, but, uh, um, his, uh, his, a glear. Wow. H I T H A E G L I R Hithaglir mm. underscore says, I guess first I would make a lot of noise from shock. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> so I hear right, right away. Yeah. <laughs> Took it very literal. <laughs> yeah. That's so literal. It's literally the first thing you would do. You would make, what would I make? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I thought they were funny, even though, even though I didn't get like the feedback that I was hoping for, I did get some fun <laughs> feedback. <laughs> It's hard to get yeah, put out questions on Instagram. It's it's a little it's yeah. Tough. You never know, right? Exactly. Like I said, uh, but we'll maybe put some out on YouTube, and we'll see. We'll try to ask. Yeah, I did bigger um, questions, or sometimes maybe we'll put out the questions like more than a day before. <laughs> no, it wasn't a day. It was like three days, two days, a couple, a couple days ago. <laughs> when did I post this? <laughs> but uh, yeah, two days ago. You're right. Um, <laughs> I did ask, uh, I asked some of my students as well. I just kind of brought the topic up cause I thought it was fun. And sometimes I try to ask them questions that, you know, are just kind of, would you rather questions, things like that. So it was like, uh, you know, if you had to lose one finger from your hand, what finger would it be? And kind of went through that discussion. Like, <laughs> okay, well your pinky. Oh yeah. I mean, I agree that like, you know, pink, you don't really need your pinky, you know, but, but it also like anchors the end of your hand for like when you're using tools, it's the end of your hand, you know? So like you have to get used to holding a little different, like yeah. maybe you could use your, lose your ring finger. That might be okay. <laughs> I, Cause I think your first three finger, your thumb I and your know. pointer finger and your middle finger are kind of like the I ones th that grasp th things. And I think you need those cartoon four. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Simpsons hand. <laughs> you need the, yeah. The easy to draw, easy to, and how, I mean, without your pinky, how are you supposed to drink fancy drinks? I know, right? You can't, you can't boink. Boink. <laughs> pop it out. Yeah, bloop. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I had one of my, but I did ask a question about my students and I also asked them like, what, you know, what sense would you give up if you had to give up a sense, blah, blah, blah. But then I asked them if, you know, if you were blind, what would you make? Because all, uh, my students are all architecture students. So they're all makers and artists and craftsmen. And, uh, I didn't get a ton of feedback on it, but I did. One of my students said she would make jewelry. I was like, oh, that's great. Mm. That's a great mm-hmm. idea because yeah, you have that, that like motor memory of how to, yeah you know, put wire through and twist it and do beads and shapes and you can put right. them all the, you know, if you have your toolbox of, of all your materials, you know where those things are. Yeah. And you unless be, you're, unless you're setting stones. Right. Like stuff like that where they need like the, the magnifying glasses, and magnifying glasses and the little tools and <laughs> yeah. like, but general, yeah, that, that would be yeah, nice. Yeah, doing beads and yeah, anything right, that's like right. beadwork or, or uh, you know, crochet or macrame, you know, twisting and knotting and things. I was like, that's a really good idea. I was like, I didn't even think about that, but that's, I thought that was great. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. But also, you know, so this same idea kind of came into my head and I thought also like, you know, what would you do? Um, and this is something that I think comes up in comments on our YouTube channel fairly often is, uh, you know, if you, you know, making things with limited means, making things with mm. limited tools or limited money, you know, how do you get into, um, a, a craft and a field where there is a lot of competition? Where do you start? Like you, like you said, for, uh, making a channel, you know, how do you decide to jump in and make a channel or make, mm. you know, make, put something out there in social media when you have this, uh, everyone has access to the entire world. And so your competition is so broad. Right. And, uh, as, as far as like for, uh, you know, lack of money, if you're getting into something and you don't have a ton of money to start buying a bunch of big, you know, expensive things, there are lots of, uh, you know, specific craft you can get into that are, that's not super expensive. Um, like, uh, I would say like something like bow making or any type of woodwork Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. you're using mostly hand tools. And I think that's where the kind of the big, uh, where potentially a big cost price is, you know, you can have hand tools, um, as opposed to, uh, power tools. Mm. So you can do a lot of things with hand tools, um, that you can't, that you can, you could also do with power tools, but you don't need power tools to do like woodworking. Um, and like some metalworking as well, like blacksmithing, something like that, where you can, you can get some cheaper materials. Um, like mystery steel, people always poo poo on mystery steel when you're thinking about (laughs) making quality things. Well, you got to start somewhere. And if you don't have the money or the funds to be able to get a bunch or buy a bunch of good steel, um, or you just want to start and you don't want to waste good steel, then, right. you know, play right. with mystery steel. You know, if you, if you want to try to learn how to shape a knife or forge out, uh, you know, a, a twisted guardrail, you got to start somewhere. Right. right. Uh, and, and, uh, and you can start, you can make, you know, small forges that are cheap, pretty, really cheap. Like I did my little forge, you know, I think the most expensive thing on that forge was the, uh, was the propane, um, you know, the, uh, the burner tip. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The benzomatic, uh, you know, burner tip. And that, that was like 40 bucks, but I bought a trash can and I bought, 
um, some plaster of Paris and got some sand from the golf course that I live near and <laughs> sifted it. So I got <laughs> fine sand and mixed it all together and made it, you know, a piece of PVC from my dad so I can make a mold and a form and a, <laughs> a piece of a broom handle to, to make the out the in the import, you know, and, uh, and that was it. And a couple, uh, lag bolts to be able to make legs. Yeah. So I and before that, for a total of maybe 60 bucks. And right. And before that you buried it in the ground and yeah, I made a walk. It, <laughs> you, you, you used a walk, drilled some holes in it and filled it with uh, charcoal briquettes. Right. You go to any, um, <laughs> any, Goodwill. any thrift store, yeah, Goodwill, right. man, the dollar walks, and they always got walks. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, you know, there are definitely ways to get into a lot of these, mm-hmm. uh, crafts and things. And the other thing about hand tools is that you can buy, uh, hand tools really cheaply from flea markets and antique stores and yard sales. I mean, the majority of the tools that I have, the hand tools that I have, I have nice Stanley planes and you know yeah. good chisels and good screwdrivers. And these are all things that I found for a couple bucks. Right. Yeah. And, and I could put the time. That's another thing you can do if you don't have a ton of money, you can start learning how to restore tools and you know, yeah. buy a cheap tool, do some research online and clean it up. Yeah, a cheap, a cheap <laughs> grinder will clean up a lot of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with a wire, a wire wheel and a grinder. I mean, that takes rust off really quickly, and a little bit of WD forty and some sandpaper, and you're in business. Right. But uh, but yeah, and then also you know something that I use a lot and that people notice a lot and they and they appreciate is the use of Harbor freight tools. And uh, obviously, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's, there's a quality, there's a lack of quality there. And we, of course we know that, you know, and that's, that's something that if you're getting into, um, a hobby or a craft and you want to take, take a stab at it, you got to start somewhere. So why yeah. not, why not get a cheap tool that it might right. last you two or three years, but it'll give you the chance to try something. Yeah. And, and you also might not be into whatever you were into, two years later right exactly might have not you might have decided knife making or bow making or woodworking isn't for you but you you've dropped that grand on a nice whatever yep Mm -hmm. i mean maybe that's not much to you but a lot of people it is so start somewhere and see if it works and if not you got a a decent tool and if it if it dies on you whatever you only spent 40 bucks on it right you're not gonna and also uh what is it like harbor freight has a really good um like a warranty policy you, know, you pay whatever it is, you pay five bucks or something, and then you have a, a year warranty or a two-year warranty. And it's like a, a no-questions-asked warranty. You take it back to the store, they'll give you your money back, or they'll give you another one. I know the people, there are, right. there are makers, and I won't name names, but people who use Harbor Freight tools because they know each year they can go back and return it and get a new, a brand new one, and it'll work perfectly uh, good for another year. And then they'll they'll pay the extra five bucks or ten bucks, go back at the end of the year, get another one. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you pay fifty bucks once, and then it's going to last you for potentially who knows how long until that warranty runs out. It, that's <laughs> you don't like, get back in time. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's like, but kind of the opposite of like what people would do with LL Bean for so long. Mm-hmm. It's like it, but people would spend a lot knowing that they want it. Once your shirt or your slippers or a backpack got tattered in five to ten years, you could go get another one for free. Yeah, but they've they've stopped that. Right, that's <laughs> yeah, like just uh, recently. Oh, it's a company. I think maybe it's not Duluth or it's uh, Filson. Filson has that with, uh, and, and it's not something that they really advertise, but that's also something you're going to get from a, a, like a high, um, 
quality company too that they're going to have they're going to back that that's a that's one of those things with paying good you know paying money for something right you're going to get a good warranty and you're going to get good good customer service and people who want to who want to keep you as customers because they know that you can buy basically the same thing for a you know a portion of the price and it'll last you basically the same amount of time (laughs) it's like you know like my uh, my wife sent me a picture today of something that she was interested in for Christmas, um, and I'm not gonna say what it is because no, I'll say what it is. It it doesn't matter. I was gonna say because I I think it might be fun to actually make make this for her on the channel. <clears throat> she she it's a a real kind of a minimalist leather wallet um, with a hinge clip on the backside to hold some like cash. And my my wife does not like to carry a purse that often. She does because she's got shit to carry. But, um, (laughs) when we go out, if I'm with her, like she'll often not bring her purse at all because she knows that I have an ID. Like she'll usually bring her phone and her ID. Right. So she has her ID. I have, I have the credit card, you know, or or bank card that hooks to our account. You know, I have, I usually have some cash um, and I have everything that we would need. Like she doesn't need to bring her keys because we both there together going in the same car. Um, but she, she's often, talked about and in the past she had like an old wallet that was her dad's that she liked that she when we were in college occasionally she would put that actually in her pocket um but she was thinking about just kind of a small minimalist wallet yeah and uh it was kind of expensive the one she sent me um which is another reason why i love being a maker (laughs) because i can automatically (laughs) oh i can make that we don't need you know i was like well of course i'd have to it's not just straight i have to buy some thinner leather because all my leather is thick um Mm. It's all, you know, for knife sheaths and things like that. So I'd have to get some thinner leather, which is not super expensive. Um, I'd have, but it, because it has like a hinged clip, um, a wallet clip on it, I'd have to get that. So I'd have to buy some hardware, but for, for maybe 10 or 10 bucks or something, um, in total cost of that supplies, I'd be able to make that for her. Um, and the, the reason why I brought this up is because she, uh, you know, like I said, it was kind of expensive. And I was like, well, I can make that for you. And I was like, there's also probably other companies. Um, and I need to, I need to say this first because everyone's probably like, you asshole, why don't you just buy like the thing you, your wife wants for Christmas? Like, well, <laughs> she actually, when she sent it to me, she was like, maybe this is something I can ask my uncle to get for me. Right. Cause it was, <laughs> so it wasn't really a gift for me. It was like, Hey, what do you think about this? I'm wondering if, cause this person has asked her like, what do you want for Christmas? She's like, maybe I could do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the price, like I said, I saw it, it was probably, it's like 70 bucks or something. So for like a minimal, minimalist wallet, um, mm. for 70 bucks seemed like a high price. You know, I was like, well, that's kind of expensive. You know, you probably get about the same thing online, you know, for cheaper. And she's like, well, it comes with, um, what'd you say? Yeah. Like there's the quality to it that it comes with because it's from a good company, but it also has like a lifetime warranty. Right. And my first thought, I was like, I, I was like, you, you think you're going to want this same exact wallet for the rest of your life? <laughs> like we're 37, <laughs> like more than half of our life left. I was like, I can't, I can't imagine really anything, uh, you know, that is wearable or something like, well, even me, I, I know, I, I know I love things now, but there are things that I love now that I didn't like five years ago or so, or that I, I wasn't real fond of, you know, maybe I see your point, but I think maybe a wallet is one. Because I mean, I've always, I'm always searching for a good wallet. Well, yeah, but for us, because like, we're guys. Yeah, yeah. Right? But so, so now she is. So 
she's a guy. I mean, she might not like it, but <laughs> right, yeah. like I, I use magnetic clips now on the side of my wallet. Right, yeah. So the wallets I've gone to is just a clip for cash and then yep. a, a spot on the other side for cards. Right. I like that um, just because yeah. it's smaller. But. And that's what she wants. She wants something small. And yeah, I mean, I understand that. But still, I was like, I was like, I can't imagine um, that, or not that I can't imagine, but it wasn't a selling point for me for the price. Yeah. You know, it was uh, like, is well, it, yeah. I guess, is it an American company? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Right. I mean, it it depends yeah. what you want to pay. I mean, of course, if I know it's a, I mean, and this could be any country, a local company that, you know, is made in your country with stuff made from your country, it, the worth starts to go up. And then right. I always think, I always think about, what it would take me now you for something like that leather with a hinge right your your little you, you make a switch brain goes i could make that for this yep but certain things now um <laughs> caitlin's like what do you want for christmas and i said a one wheel which is an eight eighteen hundred dollar hell like, yeah <laughs> that, i was like that's what i want and she's yeah. like, of course no we're not getting a one wheel <laughs> and that's fair. It's eighteen hundred dollars. It's fair. I'll have to find another way. I'll have to, I'll have to say. I'll, I'll have to say I'm buying it for the channel, and I'll have to somehow come out of that. <laughs> I, I can really get really nice steady shots if I use the one wheel. But <laughs> for yeah, now, right. so then and and then so the other day she comes to me and she's like, so I read this stupid like ten top 10 things guys want and number one was a one wheel <laughs> so i was laughing <laughs> so and then like, she was like yeah she was like and then it was like pants and a hoodie she's like what who would want that and then right away my second gift idea is a really nice hoodie from american <laughs> giant like that's the other thing i want because it's a. Uh, I think now it's up to like 110 dollars it's a really expensive zip-up hoodie but um so right then I told her, I'm like, well, sorry to break it to you, but I think that's actually what I want. <laughs> because because American Giant, it's a, it's an American brand. Everything they get, all the material, everything, the zipper, everything's from the U.S. They make right. it. It's really nice. It's supposed to be really durable. supposed to last you. And a nice zip-up, like nice black hoodie, thick. You know, it's hard to right. find that will stay together. And I, actually, I think I heard of them because it was like one of Adam Savage's like favorite things uh, yeah right on just this just a nice hoodie so <laughs> i had to break it to her and that's something that i normally i wouldn't want to pay that much for a hoodie right All right yeah, but maybe for a christmas present you can go okay well why don't we do that like yeah I don't right know, so yeah, we'll see like splurge a little bit yeah yeah you can splurge normally i would just <clears throat> maybe go to target or something and find a black hoodie for 25 dollars and yeah <laughs> it'll last you a couple of years and then kind of yeah, fall apart fine yeah right <laughs> but this uh, hoodie looks looks really. Oh boy! Dang! Sorry, I was this looking at this company. The party. <laughs> I was looking at the company for this wallet. Um, it is there, located in Colorado. Ships from Colorado Springs. So you know what? Yeah, now you shouldn't order from them because any website that automatically plays, plays annoying music when you pull that shit up, <laughs> you're done. You're out. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. You've ruined our podcast. <laughs> and I was actually like, I pulled it up, and I was kind of waiting on the page because I wanted to say this, that, but <laughs> I, I wasn't like hovering over the right <laughs> video until I moved it up a little bit and started playing. But uh, it does uh, say the last wallet you'll ever own, and for me, I'm like, that's not a selling point for me. <laughs> Like I understand the idea behind it. Like, this is a really, it's. I guess yeah. you know they're saying this is so good that you'll never need another wallet. But yeah, like 
I don't know. I, I've had wallets that I've made myself. I have, you know, I like leather wallets. I usually like bifolds. I, I feel yeah. like a, a really minimalist wallet. I mean, I'm sure I know I could adapt to it and it would be perfectly fine, but there's something about that tried and true leather wallet. It reminds me of Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is an old friend. <laughs> you can't get rid of the thing. You back issues. <laughs> You're on a slant. He's like, nope. It like flies all over the place. <laughs> Gasoline Tiger Club card. <laughs> Two more Phillips. I can get a free drink. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so, but, yeah. <clears throat> all right. So buy quality if you can yeah. or make it if you can. All right. <laughs> um, I want to uh, wrap it up with one thing. Yeah. Talking about trying to get to 100,000 with our channel. Yeah. Uh, we're really close. We're probably going to make it before the end of the year. Um, and, you know, I want to invite everybody who's listening. We're going to do a, a live stream spectacular, or we're going to try it. It's probably just going to be us around a bonfire <laughs> That's pretty having some beers. But yep. you can join us, uh, have a couple drinks with us. We're going to do, a, hopefully, a bunch of giveaways, yep. depending on what Dustin, yeah. Dustin puts together and maybe hang some axes and yeah, uh, I I don't know what, but we'll probably have some really cool giveaways. We'll probably yeah. stream for a few hours. Um, shout everyone out! Just we want everyone to come hang out. Um, I I think it's gonna be really fun. We're it's gonna be towards the it's it's obviously now it's Friday, but sometime we're thinking around. It should be near Christmas. It should be yeah. by the end of December. So hopefully, obviously, if it lands on Christmas or Christmas Eve, we're not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> right. do a, a bonfire <laughs> but, party thing because yeah. every everybody has things to do. But um, the yeah. closest night near that where we all where we all can get together, maybe a Saturday or something. Yep. Yeah, and that's you know that's so we're we're at nine or according to uh, um, YouTube Studio, we're at ninety eight thousand one hundred and forty nine subscribers. So we're less than 2000 subscribers away. And, uh, so yeah, we're, we should get there. Um, but if you guys are listening and you like what you hear and you like our channel and you're, you're, you're friends of ours, start <laughs> sharing it, start putting it out there. We really would love to get to hundred thousand before, uh, before the end of the year. And yeah, we want to give, do some giveaways. We'll probably do a bunch of shirts and merchandise. We'll probably, right, you right. know, we'll do some, I might do a like custom axe or two. I might, we might do some like purchased axes that have been modified. There's, we have a bunch of ideas of stuff to give away. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, that's just, we, just giving back. It's right. fun. Yeah. We were thinking about what we could do and we had yeah. a lot of grand ideas, but really right now we can only do kind of a small stream off of a phone basically with a yeah. mic. So yeah, we'll probably, I don't know, maybe dust me. We'll go to your place or dad's mm -hmm. or something. Maybe he can get a big, our our, our uh, father gets pretty big bonfires together. Yeah, big brush. All, all he just gathers all his, his stuff brush, all he wants to stuff, burn. And then, yeah, eventually burns it all. So we'll see if in a couple weeks he could have something. We could all go up there and have a a few friends and family people. Keep it yeah. small, but it'll be outside, and we'll we'll have a good time. And and hopefully you guys can all join us on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Spread the word, help us get there. We really appreciate everybody's support and uh, want to give back and want you guys to come and join us um, for the live stream and maybe win some fun stuff. Yeah, if you're there, we still, I oh, mean, we still got to figure that out how we're going to like draw from. Yeah, from I was who's actually there. That's was, what it's going to be. So, who, whoever's there, it's, it, you know, obviously we can't pull from all our subscribers. Yeah, but um, I had, um, so 
I was recently watching a, a live stream by uh, Christ-Centered Ironworks on YouTube, um, and he does he does a live stream. I think it was once a month throughout the throughout 2020, and he gave a one of the anvils, kind of the the Chinese happy something Akio anvil. I think it was something like 160 <laughs> bucks. But he did he did a review on the Harbor Freight anvil and this anvil, and and kind of found that this is a a pretty decent anvil for the price. You know, it's, it's lightweight. I think it's like 60 pounds or something, 66, something like that pounds. Um, but if you kind of clean it up, it's got a good solid top, you know, it's, it's a, it's an okay anvil for the price. So he's been giving one away mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. month for the so entire 2020. How did he do it? Um, well, so, and I didn't actually see him do the giveaway for the anvil, but he did do giveaways throughout the live stream where he gave away like sticker packs and mm-hmm. some of the things he forged. And what they did is like his, his, um, I think it's his, his wife is monitoring the chat while he's working. You know, he's a, he's right. a blacksmith. So he's usually working and talking and stuff. And, um, they would say, okay, you know, now we're going to do another giveaway for whatever it is. And everyone needs to put this word into the chat right now. And then yeah. my wife will choose two people. Right. So right. then it was like everyone put it in and she just chose two people. And that way that's not, a, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. And you know, it's like, obviously if, if there are 50 people there and we're all, we're friends with all of them or if there are, you know, 10 of, 10 of us are, 10 of them are our really good friends. You know, we might need to think of a way to do it a little bit more random or something. But. Devin O'Hara types in free act. What are you doing? Stop it. Devin, he's like, look, I got it myself. Good for me. Davon O'Hara. Is there a Davon O'Hara here? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I know there's um, there's plenty of things that you can Generators go through PC stuff, yeah. when you stream, and I know a lot of people do that, but through a phone, it's a little bit trickier. Yeah, but so I think that would be I, okay. Not, you know, do like yeah. have some, you know, so you have to be there at the time we do the giveaway. You have to say, you know, the word. You have to type it into the chat box, and then you get a bunch of people doing it, and then you know, you like do a countdown and. Yeah, kind yeah or, of close or, your eyes yeah. and type it in, and you know everyone. Everyone's we, typing in it a bunch of times. Right. You, know, you type in as many times as you want, and then we you count down five, four, three, two, one, and then you put your finger on the on the phone, whichever one yeah. it lands on. That's it. Yeah, you know, or so. you could do like a radio thing, the tenth caller, but it could be the it right. could be the tenth word that you see there. Right. So everyone types exactly. and starts to do it, and then yeah. Right. So all right. Yeah. So, yeah. So th- I think there are some some so ways we'll to do that that can be kind of you know as as um unbiased as possible. That's the whole point. And then also we can, you know, that person can kind of control it too. So if somebody's already won, won something, then they can choose like, okay, this person, it'll be the next person, right? It's not going to be completely random. We don't want one person winning three things, which, you know, if it were completely random, it could happen. So, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I can be, be there by the bonfire. Maybe we can have a little table set up with, I can have like the laptop. Yep. And I, I can run some of that. I mean, I might come around and, and talk a little bit, but I mean, you're going to be the main hey. guy with the mic, and <laughs> you'll be the two, main guy with the We've got with two the mics. <laughs> oh, I don't think you got two phones, though. Yeah, unless you do a splitter or something. Maybe a splitter, yeah, but I'll figure it out. All cool. Right. All right, man. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it'll be fun. I think um, you know we're really excited to hit that milestone and uh, get that silver plaque from YouTube, which is pretty awesome. It's just like a, <laughs> it's crazy that we've come this far, even you know, yeah. <laughs> like just from where we started, and you know, excitement about just getting out there and doing fun stuff and making things, and then having everybody who's you know interested in it follow along and subscribe. It is. Uh, it's humbling. <laughs> we really appreciate oh, yeah. it. Uh, 
I, right. What's your recommendation? I already gave mine. Yeah, so so my recommendation is actually uh, Michael Naranjo, and I will, uh, who is the blind sculptor. Um, I'll put a link to his. He doesn't, as far as I can tell, I, think, I know he and his wife started a company um, and started a foundation for to do like uh, art art for. Um, I don't know if it was specifically for for blind people, but um, but they had that, and then he's been in a bunch of galleries and stuff. I don't know if he has a website specifically for him. I was trying to look for it earlier, so but I'll put a link to him. You know, whether that's through Wikipedia or through a website of some of his artwork, um, you guys can check him out. It's just it's one of those things I think is fascinating, and um, check him out and see see what someone can do with uh, without seeing. It's amazing. It is. Um, and I wanted to say real quick the uh, how awesome was the starship? Oh my gosh, that was so awesome! It was Holy amazing. Cow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was so crazy. So yeah, if you guys didn't hear last week, my recommendation was to go SpaceX and watch them launch launch this prototype starship, which eventually they're going to try to send to the moon and Mars. And mm-hmm. but it's a huge thing. It's it's really. I mean, it's maybe half the size of the Apollo. Uh, thing. But eventually, when they put the rocket boosters on the bottom, it's going to be taller than the the rockets that yeah. you see the classic Apollo giant tower rocket. Right. Um, but it's it's this great stainless steel silver thing. It looks like so awesome. Uh, and and they they sent it up and it finally worked. They finally blasted off. They one of the rockets failed, but it went all the way up and it flipped all the way over and then came back down. Came like into perfect. this this awesome belly flop, just perfect. And, no, uh, and then you start seeing the ground come. I'm like, oh, I don't think it's going to kick in. And the two rockets kick in and it slowly st- it starts to spin and flip. And it's straight up and down. It's supposed to land on its on its bottom, kind of like their rocket boosters do. Yeah. And then another rocket failed. So it just had one trying to fire. And then a huge <laughs> explosion at the end because it all yeah. crashes down. And it, it was like so close. It was, it it was really probably was. like, I don't, <clears throat> I think they were, they were talking to maybe about that the landing legs didn't come out the way they were supposed to or something. I didn't notice that, but I heard him kind of mentioning yeah. that, but, uh, but it was coming down it, 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 like exactly what you said. The rocket fired it, it righted itself back to vertical. It came exactly back down where it wanted to on the landing pad. Um, after flying up what 14 and a half or 12 and a half kilometers or something, something, you know, like 40,000 feet. Right. Right. It um, was way up there. Came back exactly where it was supposed to come. And I would say, I, I think I heard that, it was the pressure of the fuel being pumped into the engine. The pressure mm. was off, so the so the engine wasn't getting enough fuel right. to burn. So the engine the engine was working fine, but it was the pumps or whatever the pressure right, was right. off. It, this um, is this is their first full size prototype. Yeah, and they already have one built fully almost, and they got another. And then if you look at the um, They've got like four or five iterations already being built. The yeah. one is like across the way, uh, ready to be pulled over to the pad. Yeah. They're going to pull that Seven one out nine, once they get the yeah. pad cleaned up. Man, <laughs> it's so cool. So if you guys aren't so following cool. that, and yeah, it, look that it up. almost made it. And it came down. It slowed <laughs> down. It was coming down. I was like, oh, it's coming in too fast, too fast. And when it was, it was. I would say it was only like potentially twice as fast as it should have been coming down. So it was still coming down slow. It was just like you knew that something with that much mass coming to the ground, even at the speed it was, which was really slow, it was too much. And and then they hit Yeah, but but if you had I feel like but if you had those other couple rockets, it would have turned itself. It would have done time. Man, it was so cool that 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 like when it was in belly flop mode, totally sideways. This silver rocket coming down 
that yeah, that was straight out of science fiction. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. I like it. Every day, astronaut kept saying is, uh, you know, the Buzz Lightyear is falling with style. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, cool. so so you guys can look it up on that, or just go to SpaceX. Like, yeah. they they have all the extra cameras. But people like everyday astro- astronaut and um, I think there's another one called Lab Pedro. They have yeah. their own cameras and their own slow mo cameras that, like, right after it happens, they start showing it. Showing yeah. it. It's um, just such a such a cool thing to see. Yeah. And, and it was their, their excitement was infectious as well. They're so excited, (laughs) you know, like just, just, it was so much fun to watch. So crazy. And, and such a good outcome too, you know, like Elon Musk reported out that everything worked exactly the way they wanted it to, you know, they learned tons of stuff from it. They, they completely, you know, considered it a successful trial flight. You know, yeah. obviously it would have been great if it could have landed and didn't explode that. How awesome would that have been? But right. they, they got everything that they wanted out of it, you know? Yeah. And, and the fact that there were some errors, like you, you need those errors to show you what needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Right? So. And and something like that has talking about milestones has a yeah. bunch of little like, Hey, this worked. Hey, it's up in the air. Hey, it's turning. It's doing this. Yeah. These things kicked on these. I'm sure they hit like hundred things. I'm sure they have a thousand things to fix, but I'm sure it seemed like a lot of things went, went right. It was, yeah. it was really cool. Super cool. All right. Well, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That was super cool. So much fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been fun. Uh, I, I really like the idea and this theme of making things with limited means and something that you know, is close to my heart as a maker and you know, I'm growing in my craft. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that. Uh, if you want to uh, support the channel, support the podcast, you can always go find us on uh, Patreon. You can find us over on, on YouTube, The Art of Craftsmanship, and you can follow us on Instagram at The Art of Craftsmanship as well. Yeah, uh, and also go over and check out all the other makers on the Makery Network. If you have found us through whatever podcast uh, podcast platform that you um, use, go check out the Makery Network. Uh, there's a bunch of really awesome makers there and really awesome podcasts um, about all sorts of fun making stuff and you get a bunch of different perspectives and personalities and all sorts of good stuff so go check out the other podcasts on the makery network and uh, i hope you guys join us next week thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time if you like this show take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.